Hello and thank you for joining us on Sideline Story, your destination for sports news, analysis and discussions. I'm Brandon Yates. The United Nations COP28 climate conference is ongoing in Dubai, so today we will be discussing climate change's potential impacts on sports. We'll chat about what some of the effects of climate change could be, what is being done to prevent these effects from occurring, and which sports and nations are leading the way in terms of reducing their negative impact on the environment. I'll be getting into all of these talking points with my two fantastic co-hosts, Fuyu and Tianyu and Fuyu. Of course, over the last week or so, um, with COP28 ongoing and the climate change conversation, I would say has been a hot topic in the last week or so. With that in mind, and of course we are focusing on sports, um, would you say there's been an effect that climate change has had on sports and potentially vice versa? Sure. Um, Actually, according to a United Nations report, sport is both a contributor and a casualty of climate change, uh, which I think is easy to understand because when there's extreme weather, like um, what we've experienced this year, in summer it was like 40 degrees in Celsius. My first day in Beijing, (laughs) just coming from South Africa, which I thought was a pretty warm country, the day that I arrived here was 40 degrees Celsius. I couldn't believe, I thought I was melting. Yeah, I believe that will make your experience in China very memorable. (laughs) Absolutely. Yeah, Um, so like in uh, high temperatures or uh, the weather that we've been having these days, uh, where the lowest dips to below zero. Of Mm. course, there are a lot of outdoor activities that are not suitable anymore. So, um, yeah, that's uh, one aspect of the effect of climate change on sport. And also, it uh, affects professional competitions as well. Um, I think it was earlier this year, more than uh, nearly 200 athletes uh, signed a letter addressed to the International Ski and Snowboard Federation uh, demanding action on climate change. Yeah. So these are professional athletes. Um, and if they are writing that letter, uh, which shows that global warming is threatening their job and their livelihood, mm. it really underlines the urgency of addressing climate change. And yeah. uh, I think it, it should also raise our awareness and uh, prompt us to think about what we can do as individuals. It could have an impact on... Yeah, yeah. It could have a future um, impact on their sport as well. I've seen a couple of videos online where multiple, um, like you said, particularly winter sport athletes are very concerned about the effects that climate change are having on a variety of winter sports. And it seems like globally there is a reduced amount of snowfall happening on a yearly basis. And the winter seasons for a variety of sports is getting shorter and shorter. Yes, because winter has been getting uh, shorter. And uh, this snow season, a lot of ski resorts in Europe have been struggling because there simply isn't sufficient snow or if uh, uh, winter is too short. And I guess it also has a major impact just on, you know, fans of winter sports. It doesn't necessarily um, only affect the professional athletes, but, you know, people that enjoy winter sports in terms of a leisure activity. And then again, it probably also has a massive impact on the tourism industry as well, because I think it's something like over 40 million Americans um, that are non-professional athletes enjoy winter sports and they travel to you know, these uh, winter locations and and they use winter accommodation and that kind of thing. So it's it's a thriving business just in that nation alone. And that doesn't even include Europe and Asia and and places like that. So 
it could have a huge impact on that industry as well. Yes, and it's also not good news for the winter sports industry in China, which is only getting started after the Beijing Winter Olympic Games. Yeah, yeah. A lot of Chinese people are catching up to skiing or snowboarding. So yeah, they, there's really uh, it's really important for us to start thinking about what we can do to mitigate that problem. Absolutely, and we'll get into that talking point soon. But Tianyu, what are your thoughts on this matter? Well, uh, I've never thought of talking about climate change on a sports podcast, and now, <laughs> and now we are. But we've, now, as, as we've seen already in this yeah. early discussion, it clearly does have a massive impact on sports. Yeah. And we've just spoken about winter sports. We'll get into summer sports soon, mm-hmm. but um, it clearly is something that we should be focusing on. Yeah, and then after doing some research on that, it's quite a surprise for me to find out that uh, actually there are a lot of sports that are being affected by climate change. You know, uh, Fuyu just touched on uh, some of the winter sports that are affected by climate change. And I think, um, you know, this year is widely deemed as the hottest year ever on record. And tennis players are actually suffering the most from the extreme heat. And it was in 2018 when the uh, professional tennis players first started to complain about rising temperatures during the U.S. Open in New York City, which Mm. took place in a hot August summer. Mm. And during that tournament, Novak Djokovic struggled badly with the scorching weather during his match with uh, a Hungarian player. And apart from Djokovic, four other players had to retire during, uh, due to the extreme heat. And since then, the Australian Open and the US Open have implemented heat uh, rules to mm. help protect players. Mm. It's happened in a variety of sports yeah. too. I mean, I think of uh, football and rugby yeah. as well. Um, Previously, the only times that those athletes would be able to grab a drink or, you know, um, take some sort of hydration Mm. in or grab a snack or something like that would be at halftime. But now if um, a particular match is being played in really um, high temperatures, Mm -hmm. they'll normally have a water break before halftime. It normally happens, you know, at the 15 or 20 minute mark. I've noticed that in rugby in particular, which is crazy because rugby is predominantly a winter sport. And it seems like the conditions that rugby players are finding themselves in is also getting hotter and hotter by the, you know, every single year. Yeah, and, of, and also cricket, you know, in, in twenty Your favorite sport. <laughs> <laughs> the, the Ashes, when the Ashes tournament was held, England captain Joe Root mm. was taken to hospital during the Jeez. fifth test between England and Australia. Yeah. And that day, the temperature in the middle of the Sydney cricket grounds reached 57 degrees wow. Celsius. It's like... To be oh. fair, though, I mean, Australia is known as a very hot country, and obviously yeah. the UK is generally pretty cold, so it makes sense that UK athletes would struggle in Australia when the temperatures reach those yeah. incredible levels. Yeah, I just can't imagine playing in such high temperatures. Yeah. It was like playing in sauna. And for such a long period of time, because yeah. a lot of those cricket matches, particularly when it's test cricket, I mean, mm. you're out there for the whole day. You're yeah. normally out there from like 8 to 9 a.m. until 5 p.m. Mm-hmm. Um, so those are particularly challenging circumstances if the temperatures are high or low. Yeah. Um, but whenever it's extreme temperatures, a sport like cricket, because of the length of time that you know, is required to play mm-hmm. that sport, that becomes very difficult for all involved, the umpires, the, the athletes, the yeah. coaches, etc. Yeah, and also football. You know, the, yeah. the organizers of the World, uh, Qatar World Cup mm. had to turn a normally summer event into a winter <laughs> event to avoid the worst of the region's steamy heat. Well, you would not yeah. want to play a winter sport in summer in the desert. Yeah. No. <laughs> yeah, even as it was held in winter, the game was still played in stadiums that are 
air conditioned yes. to to keep the temperature at around twenty six degrees Celsius. <laughs> nice and freezing at twenty six degrees yeah. Celsius. Yeah. So, but at yeah. least it made um, the games more manageable for the mm. players, I guess. Yeah. So yeah. yeah, extreme heat has been posing a big threat to sports, and and, and apart from that, uh, poor air quality is yes. another problem that is posing a threat. We know air pollution can decrease, you know, lung function and uh, reduce blood flow, mm. which are extremely important for athletes when they're training or competing. Yeah, and those and, are just short-term uh, effects. I mean, if you mm. think of long-term effects of pollution on yeah. people that are very physically active outside, that can also be very Health detrimental for, partic- for not just um, professional athletes, but mm. just for people that enjoy yeah. partaking Definitely. in leisure activities that in- yeah. involve physical activity outside. Mm-hmm. Yeah. To put into perspective how pollution and climate change are related, uh, usually when it's colder, mm-hmm. uh, the pollution is worse because mm-hmm. cold air uh, traps the particles. Of course, yeah, yeah. yeah. And yeah, <laughs> yeah, a lot of races have been cancelled because of uh, increases, increases in wildfire, smoke, and poorer air quality. Like running races, you mean? Yeah, yeah. In, in 2018, a wildfire smoke from the campfire caused the Berkeley Half Marathon to be cancelled because of unhealthy air quality levels. Mm. And uh, research results show that uh, carbon monoxide and fine particulates in the air could reduce baseball umpires ability to get calls right. That's mm. what you're t- talking about. Uh, yeah. the, the, the poor weather is affecting also the referee's decision-making yeah, it probably aff- Yeah, because it probably affects their mental states. Yeah. And if it gets particularly bad, I mean, I suppose visibility can also become an issue. Yeah. Yeah. So there's various ways that that can also have an effect. And mm. just with uh, another example that I'm thinking of with regards to the effects that heat have on certain athletes, I think it was... It was definitely this year. I don't remember which particular tennis event it was. It was one of those traditionally hot events. So it was either the U.S. Open or the Australian Open. It might have been the U.S. Open. But I remember Daniil Medvedev went up to a camera and grabbed it and like was seemingly speaking to the organizers and said, I'm dying out here. Like I literally, I'm, I'm sweating. I can't breathe. So he, was, he, he, he looked desperate almost. Mm. Um, and, and he was, I think, having a relatively easy time in his match he was it it looked like he was definitely going to win so it wasn't the the match that was causing the problem it was just the conditions that he and his opponent were facing and he just it was like a cry for help it was you know I I guess he was joking in a sense but just from his his tone and his facial expressions he looked really desperate so hopefully we you know don't see circumstances like that in the future because like you said with someone like Joe Root it ended up with him having to go to hospital and we don't want to see athletes well going to hospital ever but we definitely don't want to see them going to hospital as a result of the conditions that they're playing in. That seems ludicrous to me. Mm-hmm. Um, but also, I mean, we've, we've focused on professional athletes predominantly at this point. But for you, um, you know, I guess every now and again, you would probably take part in outdoor sports activities or, you know, just, you know, get involved in that sort of thing, whether it be outdoors or indoors, you know, yeah. physical activity, sports, you know, trying to stay in shape. Have you personally experienced any instances that you know have affected you that are linked to climate change? Yes, uh, I've noticed that summers are getting hotter and winters <laughs> are becoming colder. Yep. Yeah, I, I think for me personally, uh, the biggest change that's happened for me is uh, I've been forced to move my sports activities indoors, if you call that sports activities. And I'll get into that. One example um, is that earlier this year, before it got warm, um, I decided to go for a run at Shogang Park, which mm-hmm. is the headquarters of the Beijing Winter Olympics 
uh, committee, organizing committee. And, and the, also, the FIS World Cup is happening there right yes, now, I think, right? Yeah. Yes, and also one of the venues uh, for the big air competition. Of course. Yeah. Um, is that where Eileen Gu made a name for herself, right? Yeah, that's yes. where she became like a yeah, global sensation. That's where she competed. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so uh, it was after I finished a morning shift, I usually go take a nap and I decided that on that day that I would go for a run after I, w I wake up. Uh, but when I woke up, uh, because it was cold, like I said, cold air uh, tends to become stagnant. Right. So it's not really... Uh, it doesn't create conditions for the pollution to disperse. And when I woke up, the pollution was like over 500. It was very bad. Wow. Yeah, so that, that's, uh, I think it was the first time that prompted me to think uh, if the uh, climate affects me that much, what can I do? If I should change my routine, if I should take up other sports. So um, right now I've switched to doing yoga and some home workout programs. Nice. And there's also, uh, I mean, there's also ways to run indoors as well. I guess treadmill running is an option. Yeah, yeah. And uh, also, if you go to a gym, rather than buying all the sports gears, I mm. think that also reduces carbon, helps reduce carbon emissions. Right, right. And um, for me, as well as other people, uh, there's also health issues that we need to take into consideration. Of course, in extreme heat or cold, uh, there's the risk of dehydration yeah. or... Um, cardiovascular and respiratory pro problems. So it might not be suitable for everyone to run or play ball games outdoors. Even mm. if you are healthy and uh, there are no health conditions whatsoever, it's, I don't think it's worth the risk to carry out those activities yeah. in um, non-ideal weather conditions. Right, right. We'll get into those potential <laughs> solutions soon. But Tianyu, um, just staying with the topic of personal experience um, linked to climate change and physical activity. Have you had any um, experiences yourself in that regard? Yes, of course I had. You know, as a football lover, one of my routines... <laughs> Which position do you play? Tell me. Forward, of yes, course. Yes, of course. <laughs> <laughs> I love scoring. Yeah. And one of my routines in summer vacations, my student days, was, you know, just calling up a few of my best buddies and mm. heading for the playground in my high school and just playing football for the whole afternoon. And uh, I, uh, in southern China, the sun could really be scorching. But at that time, we just it seems like we just don't feel it. Yeah. <laughs> That's another interesting thing, you know. Uh, we'll we'll get back into what you were saying shortly. Mm. But I remember I was having a conversation with my mother a couple of uh, years ago, and she we were talking about the sun and sunblock and that kind of thing. And she said, you know. When I was a kid, um, yeah. even in the, the middle of summer, like 30 degrees outside, you could go to the beach all day, not wear sunblock and not get sunburned. It's yeah. crazy how things have changed now where if you go outside and it's, you know, it's a sunny day and above 30 degrees Celsius, if you are not wearing sun protection, you'll probably get sunburned after like five minutes. Maybe my body just is not as good as before. <laughs> young, having a younger body is Yeah, no, but it's just, it's, it's just an example like, you know, of how different things were, you know, mm. 30, 40, 50 years ago, yeah. but even now, how quickly the situation seems to be Changing. worsening. Yeah, yeah. yeah. so, yeah, yeah like, like, like I said, uh, I could be playing football for a whole afternoon in yeah. summer, in hot summer, but now things are totally different. Like, this year, you know, just walking out of my house would be a torture for me. I, yeah. can't, I just can't live or move without the air condition. Yeah, yeah. And in summer, I mean, I couldn't step outside without an umbrella. Yeah. Like, it's actually... And, and, and it seems like yeah. that is the norm in Beijing now. Yeah, it's said that this year's summer is 
the has proved to be the hottest one on record, and、uh, many people were getting sick due to the rising temperatures. And if if we can't endure the heat problems, neither can the professional athletes who are who have to play in in extreme heat.、Mm. Yeah. So because you know heat stress can cause a lot of problems to、mm. a human body, such as muscle cramps, like dehydration, thirst, and fatigue. And as athletes performing these conditions, they they could feel chills and had like nervous nervous system problems and yeah, yeah, yeah. affects coordination and decision decision making. So、mm. yeah, it is really a big issue and affecting everyone who are、uh, when doing sports activities. There seems to be a lot more extreme winters, extreme summers,、yeah. and not so many days where it's just a pleasant afternoon or morning or whatever it may be. It、yeah. it seems like you need to make. Plans in terms of how you allocate your time in your days, right? Yeah, it seems like spring and autumn are getting shorter yeah, and shorter. Yeah, exactly what and, I wanted to winter say. Winter and、yeah. summer are getting. Yeah. Would you agree with that? Like, do you think we have less mild days than we did in the past? Like, we、yeah. we have to prepare, we have to take the weather conditions into consideration more than we have done in the past. Definitely, at the turn of seasons, like you can go from wearing thick down jackets to. Wear short sleeves the next day. Yeah, yeah. There's there's no transition. It can't happen. Yeah, and I've experienced that.、Um, this year, I think it's improved a little bit because we've had autumn.、Mm. Um, and true. Yeah, and right now you can still say it's late autumn. Maybe not full winter <laughs> yet. That's scary to think of because I'm wearing five layers to work every single day. <laughs> so I might have to end up, you know, wearing my whole wardrobe to work when it gets to full winter. <laughs> yeah, and also these days,、uh, I think this winter it's becoming、uh, a lot more windier than、yes. in previous years. And that's、I、the killer. Jeez,、think... oh, you know, it'll be a cold day, and then you can kind of prepare for that. But as soon as that wind picks up, I, no matter how many yeah, layers you're、yes. wearing, it just goes right through you. Wind makes it five times colder. I would have to agree with you, absolutely. <laughs> At least five times, yeah. But with all of these factors in mind, and we've seen the effects that climate change and the extreme weather conditions is have, having on professional athletes, on just the general public. It's something that I guess sporting organisations are taking note of、um, finally, and hopefully they are doing something to counter that, not just to protect their sports and their athletes, but to benefit、um, the environment and you know society as a whole. Can you think of any sporting organisations that are making serious efforts to counter the problems that we are facing and that we could potentially face in the future if nothing is done? Yes, I think the example that's closest to us is definitely the Beijing Winter Olympic Games. The organizing committee made early pledges that、uh, they will host a low carbon or even carbon neutral Winter Olympic Games. And shame Yang Guang's not here today because he <laughs> covered the event. I'm sure he would have a, a lot to share with us about、yeah. what he saw、um, about some of the low carbon practices. But、uh, right now, what I can think of. Um, is the use of renewable energies,、uh, like the Olympic torch was powered by hydrogen, and also some of the, actually most of the service vehicles. I think、uh, more than eighty percent of those vehicles were powered by either hydrogen or electricity. Wow! And also the、uh, low carbon venues. All of the venues ran on 100% clean energy, so that definitely helped Beijing 2022 to overachieve its carbon goals. It seemed like that event was kind of a groundbreaker in the sense that it was probably the first sporting event that I can think of that made such efforts to reduce their carbon footprints. I can't think of any other sporting event before then 
that made such great efforts to achieve that, but also actually achieved it and even surpassed their goals, right? Yeah, and it's amazing how renewable energy was so widely used throughout the event. Mm. I think that was set an example or at least demonstrate that uh, clean energy is the way to go. And it has the uh, capacity to power such a big major event. So I think all sports activities or future competitions can follow that example. Absolutely. Tianyu, any other examples you can think of? Well, the, yeah, the International Olympic Committee has, first of all, has developed a sustainability strategy and they aim to move beyond carbon neutrality and make the games carbon negative by Mm. 2030. So what I'm hearing right now is that it seems like the Olympics Mm -hmm. seem to be making the greatest splash in terms of reducing a carbon footprint, which is probably a great place to start because I think besides football, it's the most widely um, known about and watched sport. Yeah. Well, not sport. I mean, sporting event because yeah. obviously it's multiple sports. Yes, uh, yeah. The commitment to climate action is now one of the requirements to, for Canada cities to host the Olympic Games. And in the recent uh, Tokyo Olympic Games, sixty percent of all the facilities of the tournament were from pre-existing buildings. Mm. Yeah, and a lot of games and facilities for the tournament were powered by renewable energy. Yeah, mm. and similarly, the in China we held the uh, Chengdu World. University games this yeah. summer and which you managed there. to cover, right? Yeah. yeah, and the majority of the facilities were based on existing ones, mm. and uh, many of them were renovated with green materials. Yes, I that's another. That's, yeah, sorry, that's another key point, right? Is yeah. um, reusable facilities. Mm. Yeah, yeah, and, that's and repurposing also, them. That's also a trend that began with Beijing twenty twenty. Yes, yeah, absolutely. A lot, a lot, all of the venues for the Winter Games were repurposed from mm. existing ones. Yeah, and a lot of them were from the two thousand eight Summer Games as well, yes. right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And a lot of these facilities now are now open to public. Mm. For, yes. Yeah. For, yeah. Because that's been an issue in the past, I think. When I think of, um, for example, South Africa and the FIFA World Cup in 2010, there was an issue um, after that event where we, you know, we built these fantastic stadiums, world-class venues, and then a lot of them just kind of sat empty for quite a long time. I think it also happened in Rio after their Olympic Games. It's since then uh, uh, improved. I mean, there's been a lot more efforts from professional sports teams in South Africa to make use of those new venues. Um, but I think that is an issue that is being tackled globally is that, you know, it's great that you're producing these world-class facilities, but they need to be sustained and used on a regular basis to, to make sense. Mm. Yeah, and even if they don't open the venues to the public, maintenance is costly. Yeah. So might as well put that into use for the public and probably generate some revenue as well. Mm. I, I think the more use that these world-class venues get, the better, absolutely. But for you, we, we've talked about the Olympics and what they're doing to you know, reduce their carbon footprint. Are there any other sports in particular that have a large carbon footprint and are making efforts to reduce that? Yeah, I think generally the sports that have the largest viewership are yeah. the biggest polluting sports. Right. Uh, for example, football. And um, actually, one practice to reduce football's carbon footprint wasn't born um, voluntarily. It was uh, born out of special circumstances. The Chinese Super League during the pandemic was uh, the, the games were played in two competition zones. You can say played in two bubbles. Oh, right, as opposed to using multiple venues and multiple cities. So probably reduced travel needs. Yeah, Yeah. because regularly uh, football, also basketball, play uh, home and away. Yeah, all all sports, I suppose. Yeah, for, uh, for other sports like Formula One and the Ocean Race, 
in sailing. Um, they are a they have a global calendar, so mm. there is also a lot of travel involved. Um, and uh, my example that the Chinese Super League played in two competition zones during the pandemic and limited audience numbers. Um, I think that greatly reduced emissions because there was less or no traveling. Mm. But as uh, football returns to its normal form after the pandemic, I don't think it'll be fair to take that experience away from the fans yeah. to stop them from coming to the stadiums. It's a difficult circumstance to manage, right? Mm. Because you obviously want to be as environmentally friendly as possible, but you also want to make all of the fans happy and give each set of fans a fair chance to see their team play yeah. at home. Yes, and thanks to the evolution um, or the development of technologies, a lot of the um, aviation fuel have been using renewable energy in the blend. I mean, not completely renewable energy, but uh, c renewable energy is taking a bigger share yeah. in aviation fuel. And actually, just a few days, just this week, um, Virgin Atlantic completed a flight from London to New York on 100% renewable, sustainable energy. Wow. And that was the first long-haul commercial flight to achieve that. That's so fantastic. that definitely gives us hope um, about yeah. the future of the aviation industry. And if we can solve that problem, of course, um, the the reduced carbon emissions will have a positive impact on sporting events as well. Absolutely. Tianyu, from your side, any sports that are you know, making yeah. efforts to reduce their uh, yeah. carbon footprint? Yeah, I'm going to stick to football. Of course, the, glo <laughs> yeah. the global game. Yeah. We should focus on them. Because, yeah, yeah the, the, the data shows that uh, the 2022 Qatar World Cup has generated an estimated 3.6 million tons of CO2. Wow. Of which That's crazy. 95% are indirect emissions, mainly from travel and accommodation. Mm. And uh, yeah, and other football tournaments like the Premier League and the UEFA Champions League are also releasing large amounts of carbon emissions. Through the and, same means, right? Through accommodation yeah, and travel. Yeah. yeah. And, and many of these clubs are already taking action to reduce their emissions. You know, Manchester City and Arsenal are investing in carbon reduction initiatives, including switching to renewable energy and uh, installing aut automated LED lighting on club sites. And yeah. also in China, organizers of the Chinese Football Federation are encouraging fans and spectators to <coughs> recycle their waste mm. and uh, save drinking water after football matches. Yeah, well, that's yeah. fantastic. And I think we have to keep this climate change conversation going. And hopefully it is a conversation that continues, particularly when it comes to big industries, you know, like sport, um, travel, accommodation. I think it's very important. And I think that if we continue to make efforts to reduce our carbon footprint globally, then hopefully sports can kind of stay the way that they are and we can enjoy it for years to come, especially when it comes to home and away games and those sorts of things. But that is all we have time for on this week's episode of Sideline Story. Thank you so much for joining us. And of course, we will be back next week with our latest topic and we'll see you then.